No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Score. Good afternoon and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Wednesday night here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack is bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official Wine and Crackers broadcast here on d Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you had a lovely day because I certainly have. As always, we've got so much to get through and so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to protest, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So much to get through. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just give you a little bit of the behind the scenes that's been going on here at Casa de Boogie in the last 24 hours, ladies and gentlemen. Pardon me. We are dangerously underprepared for tonight. Dangerously underprepared. Uh, in saying that, I only have... Whoa, where were the... Ambelina. Thank you for the diamond, Ambelina. Can we officially move to Boogie Stand? Not just yet. You can in spirit. <laughs> Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Says, sup, bitches. Well, sup to you too, my bitch. Can I say, is that how it works? I don't know. I'm not a Native American. Wait, I'm not an American. Native American. Can I say that? I'm not native to the United States. Is it, are we allowed to even say that? I'm not sure. It's very difficult to keep up. I'm not a born American citizen, so can I say, if you say sup, bitches, am I allowed to say, yes, what's up, my bitch? And, no, that's offensive, right? So I can't say that. We can't be doing that here on this show. So I'll just say, thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Winning TV with a diamond. I got my beer and pork rinds. America, brother, bring. Ah, oh, brother, bring. Our favourite half-Japanese, half-Italian winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, live Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday nights. <laughs> I have a pork, right? Pork, right? And a nicer beer. You American, right? A beer, huh? Brother, bring. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Phil. Winning TV. So, the last... So, underprepared, exactly. I only have around five or six hours worth of stuff to get through. Luckily for me, I have shit in the tank constantly that we can go to, but I've also managed to get some current eventy kind of things out of the last 24 hours or so, because what I've been doing for the last 24 hours, uh, let me fill you in. Let me give you the hot tip here on the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yesterday, I caught up with Joy of Pessy off air over Discord, and Joy of Pessy helped me set up a retro gaming thing. And I'm very excited about it because normally when I don't do on the shows, on the days that I don't do a live show, I usually do a little bit of prep for the live show the following day. So yesterday was one of those days. And instead of doing prep for this show, 
I instead found myself for about six hours playing like old Sega Genesis games and Super Nintendo games and Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam until I looked at the clock and I'm like, oh shit, I haven't even slept. I have to go to work now. <laughs> so we're dangerously underprepared. I was I was so tempted to come on tonight and just start playing like Sonic the Hedgehog. You're like, hey, welcome to the Daily Boogie. But I thought, no, better not. I will, however, be doing a retro game stream, I've decided. Now, I, I, probably not a permanent thing, but I do feel like I'd, I'd, we need to get out there and play these old games just because it's so much fucking fun. And here we are in the midst of all of this technology, all of these great advancements in PC gaming and console gaming. It's like, look, we have state-of-the-art consoles. We've got top-of-the-range gaming PCs. Yeah, no thanks. Give me the shit that's 35 years old. That's what I want to play. So it may even be as early as tomorrow night. Maybe. I'll, I'll think about it. We'll see what happens. If I do a gaming stream tomorrow night, I'll put it in the title. So if you're not interested in that, because I feel like 99% of you will not want to watch that, which is fair enough. That's fine. I'll put it in the title, Gaming Stream, right? And it will be sometime after Phil D'Angelo finishes up at about, you know, 8, 8.30 or thereabouts, whenever he finishes. Because I'm not going to step on anyone's toes. Not that anybody would watch me play games anyway. But it's always more fun with a friend. So if you want to, you know, come on a retro gaming stream, if you're interested in that kind of thing, let me know and we will help hook you up but it has to be done off air because there's a little bit of setup and shit that has to go into it to run these old games on your computer. So if you want to get in, if you want to be on the Boogie Bumper retro game stream, let me know. Yeah, 8-bit games, exactly. 8-bit, 16-bit. We might even go up to 32-bit. I'm not sure. So I don't know how long this fad is going to last for me, but it could be a while. So you let me know if you want to be on the, the Daily Boogie game stream. We'll set you up off air and then we'll play tomorrow night. Maybe, perhaps, we'll see. So thank you so much for joining us. That's why I'm a little underprepared. But luckily for me, the news cycle rolls on. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie. We've got to start somewhere, so let's start here, shall we? Milwaukee Bucks, who's an NBA fan in the audience? I've been a basketball fan my whole life. Uh, big Houston Rockets fan growing up. Hakeem, the dream, one, the greatest player who ever played, in my opinion. In my humble opinion. Fuck Michael Jordan. Fuck LeBron. They got nothing on Hakeem the Dream. Milwaukee Bucks boycott Game 5 of NBA playoffs in protest of Jacob Blake shooting, ladies and gentlemen. Why is this a good thing? Why am I applauding? Well, it proves once and for all that we have finally come to the, the, the state in society where we have broad consensus we agree that kneeling is not good enough <laughs> oh you thought kneeling was enough to change the world guess again guess again bigot no how about we don't play at all the Milwaukee Bucks have decided to protest game 5 of the NBA playoffs in protest ugh, this terrible writing Come on. I know it's a local news station, but please, you've got to do better than this. Don't use the same word twice in the same sentence if you can avoid it. That's cancelling it out. You don't need to double up like that. 
Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with the Diamond. Vantage steals the Diamond Gypsy. Tosses Monica better interwebs. Yes, please help Monica out. Uh, we've had we've been having trouble for the last couple of streams on Periscope. Sir Lud Ludwig, thank you for joining us. Guten Abend, mein Herr. If you could let us know if the Paris if the Periscope stream is drop is dropping out during the broadcast, because the last two Periscopes I've noticed when I go back and check the replay, they're missing about half an hour. It's taken a half an hour chunk out of the show. So I've tried to change like you know, some settings and shit to avoid that happening. I think it's on my end. I'm hopeful that it's on my end because then I have some control over it. But let me know if the Periscope replay is fixed now. I don't know. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for joining us. Uh, so listen to this writing. The Milwaukee Bucks have decided to protest game five of the NBA playoffs in protest. <laughs> Who are they hiring for these jobs? I could write better than that. I'm sure I can write better than that. That's like saying that Usain Bolt won the running race by running. Right? There was a shooting in Wisconsin. Someone got shot. Yes, we understand. That's what a shooting is. We understand you win a running race by running. We understand that you protest game five in protest. <laughs> this is the standard of journalism in 2020. The Milwaukee Bucks have decided to protest Game 5 of the NBA playoffs in protest. Thank you, thank you for clearing that up. Thank you for clearing that up, Cronfer. I had no idea what a protest was. Of the recent police shooting of Jacob Blake, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski? Rojanowski? Rojanowski! The team decided they would leave the locker room for the start of Game 5 against the Orlando Magic. The Bucks never came out of their locker room, but the Magic were on the court for warm-ups. See... Call me crazy. I used to play basketball. When you couldn't put the team on the court, that was not called a protest. That was called a forfeit, right? This is very interesting. Even if you're not interested in professional sports, even if you're not interested in uh, the NBA, this is interesting from a number of angles, right? So first of all, the comparison, the obvious comparisons that are being made here by blue check marks and people in the press is, uh, they're talking about, oh, this is like just an extension of Colin Kaepernick. Ah, uh, no, no, no. No, it's not. You see, because Colin Kaepernick, I'd never thought Colin Kaepernick's performance was a protest. It's, he wasn't protesting because he still went out on the field. He still got paid. He still wore the uniform. He still got played. For all intents and purposes, he didn't change anything except kneel when the anthem was playing. That's not a protest, right? That's a that's performance art. That's a reinterpretation of uh, you know, the tradition of what's usually done when an anthem's played. There was no loss taken there. That's not a protest. For me, because people would say, Oh, you got a problem with Colin Kaepernick protesting, I'd be like, No, 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 I I don't. I just don't think it's a protest. See, if you want to call it a protest, here's what you do. You don't go out there, you don't collect the check. You don't get paid. If you want to call it a protest, what Colin should do is tear his contract up, walk out of the team, and then head down to the local police station and walk around with a picket sign. That's a protest. But he didn't do any of that. It was performance art. He was doing a, a dance reinterpretation of what you're supposed to do during the anthem. 
It's not even close to a protest. Now, what the Bucks have done here, if they forfeit the game, then I call it a protest. But here's the key, right? They didn't forfeit the game. So powerful has social social justice virtue, uh, virtue signaling become, ladies and gentlemen, that as a result of this, the NBA has now folded to the players. Have a listen to this. The Magic returned to their locker rooms with little less than four minutes before the game. Bucks Senior Vice President Alex Lazary addressed the situation on social media. He said, and I quote, Some things are bigger than basketball. The stand taken today by the players and the organization shows that we're fed up. Enough is enough. This is the president of the Milwaukee Bucks. Change needs to happen. I'm incredibly proud of our guys and we stand 100% behind our players, ready to assist and bring about real change. Ladies and gentlemen, the administration of a professional sports team is now tweeting about social justice. Not ticket prices. Not the latest draft prospects. Not merchandise sales, right? They're tweeting about shit like changing the world. Winning TV with a diamond. They are on life support now. Stick a fork in them. It gets even better. So here's what I want to present to you as an argument. A lot of people are going to say that this is like a monumental thing that's taken place here. This is a huge thing. Think about the sacrifice of the players and the teams, right? Here's my argument. That's bullshit. Think about the dynamics of what we're dealing with here in this particular instance. Here's a question for you. This is a playoff game, right? Playoff tickets are the most sought-after tickets in any sport. Do you think, because remember, there's no crowd there, right? They're playing in front of an empty stadium. Do you think if 20,000 people had a shelled out hundreds of dollars for a pro to, uh, for a playoff ticket that they would do this think about it if they had of if if the team if the players refuse to come out to play in a playoff game with hundreds of people there who have potentially like booked hotels flown across the country spent hundreds of dollars on a playoff ticket right do you think that the management of the team would be saying we support our players 100% Press one in the chat if you think, yes, they do it anyway. Press two in the chat if you think that this protest is very convenient at this time, considering coronavirus restrictions on the NBA, right? That's the first thing. I just want to see what you think. How committed to the cause do you think cynical professional sports is in reality? Do you think they're really doing this for change? Seeing a lot of twos. A lot of twos. So that's the first thing. So there's no risk here, right? There's no risk in terms of upsetting the fans. You might upset the TV networks because they have schedules and shit. So that's one thing. The other thing here is when the president of... The, when the vice president, pardon me, of the team comes out and says, we support our players 
Press one in the chat if you think he really supports the players 100% in their quest about trying to bring about social change in response to a shooting that happened. Press two in the chat if you think he has no choice but to say that. Press one in the chat if you think he really believes it. Press two in the chat if you think he's painted into a corner and he can't say anything but that in this in this environment. I'm just trying to trying to illustrate where the power lies now, whether we like it or not. A lot of twos. So I'm not alone here, right? I'm not alone here. This protest has very, very low risk for any kind of financial hardship. It's a very low risk, quote unquote, protest. And the other side of it is the management who is coming out and publicly supporting the team for their taking a stand for social justice and stuff really has no choice but to do that. Because can you imagine if the president of the team came out and said, get the fuck out there, (laughs) get the fuck out there on the court. I don't give a fuck about your social justice protest, right? Can you imagine he would be out of a job, not even within a day, within minutes. Minutes. It would be 10 minutes and he would be packing up his desk as the vice president. If he came out and said that. if Even, even if he didn't say that. Even if he said, we're here to play basketball. That's all he would have to say and he would be fired on the spot. This is what happens when you go all in on social justice. You are effectively handing over your authority to somebody else. So now the management of the teams, the management of the league have no choice but to follow the trend. Do you see how this works? They can no longer dictate what happens in their own sport. They are now passengers. The sport belongs to the activists. It didn't stop there. Because here's another cold, hard reality for sports administrators. And you think that these people who have billions of dollars to play with, who control international corporations like the NBA, you think that they would have some power, but they don't anymore. Their power is in their power is in name only. It's in title only. Because After this, all of the games that were scheduled for today were, quote, postponed. Now, that's not a protest. That's not a protest. Once you you postpone a game, that's a postponement. That's not a protest. A protest would be a forfeit. We refuse to play. Okay, well, then the game's forfeited. No, now it's a protest. So the NBA has instructed other teams that, okay, you can't play either. Because the Bucks have done this, you can't play either. Isn't it great, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, let's check out the real news on this reporting. Let's check out the real news behind this story. Jake Tapper on CNN. <laughs> let's have a look. If you're just joining us, uh, joining us uh, we're following breaking news. The Milwaukee Bucks have announced that they are boycotting their playoff game in the NBA that was supposed to be happening right now. They're doing this because... Right now, Jake Tapper... ...because of the shooting by a white police officer or police officers of uh, Jacob Blake. Uh, We've also... White police officers. (laughs) 
Oh, Jake. Oh, Jakey. Jake's not even that bad compared to most of them on CNN. I have I actually have a lot of time for Jake Tapper. But it's becoming too obvious, Jake. Your programming is showing, sir. You can do better than this, Jake. That one was far too obvious. That was like that was like sending a flare up in the middle of the ocean on a dark summer's night. It can be seen for miles away, that kind of signaling. Just learned that all NBA games tonight are being postponed in the wake of the police shooting of Jacob uh, Blake. Um, joining me now to discuss CNN senior political reporter Nia Malika Henderson and look CNN senior political analyst uh, Ron Brownstein. Look at this. Look at this. Now, see, this is something that we've been talking about on this show for years now. When people get upset, and I'm one of these people, see, what a lot of people don't understand yet, and it's the kind of people who are, you know, dare I say it, university-educated, college-educated, upper-middle-class, white, bubble people, people who live in that bubble of education and positive reinforcement, right? What they still don't grasp is that sport for the majority of people is a release. It's a release from reality. It's a release from politics. The rest of the world is shit, right? The rest of your life is hard and there's there's trouble and there's problems. You've got to pay bills. The kids are fucking up in school. You know, the car needs a new fucking set of brake pads, whatever. Everybody's got problems, right? Everybody's got pressures in life. What sport does is it gives us all like two hours a week, maybe more if we want to watch other teams, but maybe two hours a week, three hours a week to just switch off, to escape from that world. It's our release for the peasants here. That's why it's bread and circuses. People say, oh, sports ball is pointless, bread and circuses and bullshit. Yeah, that's such a dumb thing to say. Do you know why the Romans had bread and circuses? It was to stop the citizens killing each other. That's why. You know, people say, why waste your time on sports? It's just bread and circuses, man. It's just a fucking distraction, dude. It's like, yes, we need distractions. Otherwise, you end up being somebody who gets on the internet every single day and goes into chat rooms and says, say the (laughs) N-word! You know what I mean? You end up becoming a school shooter if you don't have the release. That's why it was invented in the first place, to stop citizens from killing each other. So many years ago, various activists in our midst decided that it wasn't good enough to have political conversations centered in the world of politics. Politics had to permeate everything. Politics had to become all-encompassing all the time. That's how you achieve real change. This is the belief of these kinds of people. So politics needs to be in popular culture, it needs to be in music, it needs to be on the televisions, it needs to be in advertising, it needs to be in business, and it needs to be in sport, right? It needs to be everywhere at some level. And over the course of the last four or five decades, this is exactly what's taken place. 
So now you can't go to a basketball game without getting some kind of political training. You can't watch a game of football without getting some kind of political training. Now, I'll, I'll watch the sport because like the game itself is what I'm interested in. Not just basketball, but like, you know, Australian football, motorsport, whatever. But a lot of people take that programming, that, you know, that, that slight nudging of you towards political opinion and it, they completely absorb it. And if you're not aware of it, you will absorb it too. But this has been the drive. This has been the push to get politics encompassing everything. And the bad news is if you're somebody like me who wants to keep sport in this column over here and politics in this column over here, the bad news for us guys is they won. They did it. They succeeded. They managed to get politics injected into every single cultural vein in our societies. And now, if you watch sport, this is this is the scenario for you, right? <clears throat> Remember a few months ago how we predicted, like to a T, we exactly predicted on this show that the roles would get reversed. It came from the clip of the Burnley, the captain of Burnley Football Club in the United Kingdom, right? Remember that? We watched that clip. You can find it on my YouTube channel. I think it's still like the pinned YouTube clip on my YouTube channel for as long as I have a YouTube channel. Trust me, if they're banning somebody like me, I don't even have a thousand subs on YouTube. I've never been able to get like any kind of traction on YouTube. Shout out to like the 10 people who watch us on YouTube every single day because <laughs> you guys are fucking holding it down. But outside of that, I've never been able to get traction on YouTube. If I start getting my YouTube channel taken down, that's game over then because they have worked their way all the way down the list <laughs> to get to little old daily boogie boogie bumper, right? When they get down to there, you know that shit's about to get bad. So the pinned uh, clip on my YouTube channel uh, cringe cringe interview with Burnley Football Club captain, something like that. And in that clip, it was just one sentence that this guy said. We paused it, we played it back, and I said, look, there it is. Here's what's going to happen. He said, um, you know, it's important for us to kneel to show respect to the movement. And I'm like, did you see that? Did you see that? Because that's how quickly this happens. With that, this is the subtext. They're going to slowly turn it around. So this time last year, people who knelt during the anthem were being disrespectful. But now, today, people who refuse to kneel, they're the ones being disrespectful, right? And then it was, what, two months later, we read the story of the baseball player for the San Francisco Giants, and people were saying he was being very disrespectful because he refused to kneel during the Black Lives Matter protest. And it's like, this shit is more predictable than sunrise. And you can pick it up in the subtext of the conversations, the way that the corporate media talks about things. They forecast what their future position is going to be. And if you know how to read it, if you learn how to read that forecasting, you'll never be surprised again. So <clears throat> here we are now at this point in time where kneeling isn't good enough. We're just not playing anymore. 
And we've gotten to this situation where politics, the cultural revolutionaries in our midst, have won. They've won the battle. They have completely covered all sport, all culture, all movies, all music. Every artery in our cultural, you know, stemming from our cultural beating part has now become a political artery. And what they fail to understand is when people switch off from that, they don't want it to be politics then, right? Because when people will quite rightly come out about this and say, you know what, I'm not a fan of this. I just want to watch basketball. Why are you postponing games? This isn't right. There's television contracts, blah, blah, blah. I wish we could just watch the game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What they'll come out and say is, my dog's fucking barking like right outside the window. <laughs> it's really throwing me off to get picked up by the mic. Gee, you got a set of lungs on you out there. Christ almighty. Is the world ending? Take it easy, bro. So, so now that it's encompassing every aspect of our life, if you come out and say that I'm not a fan of this, I don't like this, guess what? You'll be the problem. You're the problem now. Just like the old switcheroo, that's Fate of Kings in the chat. And by the way, follow Fate of Kings on YouTube. Tremendous video creator. Just like Fader King said, the old switcheroo. If you do not support now the blanket walkouts, the postponements, the forfeiting of games, you'll be the bigot. It's fucking amazing, isn't it? That's how quickly this shit happens. Professional sports, ladies and gentlemen, is now just another vehicle for change. Uh, Nia, this is a huge moment, and it's coming just hours before uh, Vice President Pence, who has made a, what a an issue, a political issue, of opposing uh, those NFL players. Those look at look, see, see, see. <laughs> Do you see how predictable this? I haven't pre-watched this clip. This happened minutes before I went live. I didn't have a ch had a chance to watch it yet. Tapper reacts to NBA postponing games. I had it on the rundown. Like, I just put it into the rundown just before the show because I knew what he was going to say. Ambelina with the diamond. We need pictures of your puppy. Uh, well, maybe we'll sort something. Maybe we'll do something. <laughs> we'll do something for the... We'll do something for the boogers in that regard. There's two of them, by the way. So hours before the convention, hours before. Now, do you see the impetus that's being made? Do you see the reference that's being made here? The framing of this? The framing of this is Mike Pence is making it political, right? The sports aren't making it political. The sports are just protesting. The sports want social change. If you oppose that, you're the one that's being political. If you oppose the kneeling during the anthem, you're the one that's being disrespectful. See how this works now? In just a few short months, they have completely turned the tables just through the programming of language, linguistic programming. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a Diamond, puppy pictures, we need them. Okay, I'll sort something out. I'll see if I can get some puppy pictures going. I don't know why you'd want to see my dogs. <laughs> it's like... That's even worse than looking at pictures of somebody's kid, isn't it? It's like, here's my little boy on his first day of school. I, it's great. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess if you want to see my dog, we could do something. 
I'll take a picture of the dog. So here you go. <laughs> Rhetoric at its finest. Exactly, Fate of Kings. It's football players who take a knee during the national anthem so as to protest here we go. police here it is. Here brutality it is. and racial inequity. I remember him going to a Colts game and, and storming and out angrily G's, because he didn't, uh, he didn't like that the Colts, uh, some of them had taken a knee. I believe it was the Colts. Um, and and uh, he uh, was going to, I think, address this the taking a knee issue in his speech tonight. And here we have the NBA taking it one huge step forward. But are they really? Are they really? <laughs> Kitty B in the chat. Instead of sending a dick pic, send a puppy pic. Can't it be both? <laughs> <clears throat> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. One more time from Jake Tapper. I think address this, the taking a knee issue in his speech tonight. And here we have the NBA taking it one huge step forward. But are they really? Again, they're not, they're, nobody's buying tickets, so they don't have to worry about the people buying tickets. They're not forfeiting a game, right? So the players aren't taking a risk because now it's being just postponed. They get a couple of extra days to prepare for the game. So they're not taking a huge financial hit because people haven't bought tickets. They, I don't know, the TV contract might not even be a problem because the entire coverage of professional sports is now in limbo due to coronavirus changing the schedules. So maybe, maybe they have like a week to week rolling fucking TV contract now. You know what I mean? That might not even be a financial hit. The, the vice president of the organization coming out and saying, we support the players 100%, is really, if you want to take the cynical view, the only possible thing that he can say. Because if he comes out and says, we need to focus on basketball, he loses his job. So this giant step forward stuff, if you just apply a little bit of logic to it, the tiniest amount of logic is really just bullshit. It's garbage. And you see the framing of the whole situation right there from Jake Tapper, who I don't mind. Like I said, I've got a lot of time for Jake Tapper normally. But on this one, he's wrong. He's dead wrong. And he fucking knows it. He knows it. He can't say anything different either. Everyone is being held hostage by this now. Support the movement or else. And that's how quick it happens, like that. This time last year... People who kneel during the flag, uh, during the anthem, they're being disrespectful. Now, if you don't kneel, you're being disrespectful. Just like Vice President Mike Pence was being disrespectful. Hey, this isn't about politics. If you oppose it, though, then it becomes political, right? The kneeling and the branding and the shirts and the political activism, it's got nothing to do with politics, guys, in sports. But if you don't go along with what's being done... You're the one making it political. Isn't it cute? See this? Oh, you oh, you flag-waving, anthem-singing patriots. Why must you make everything political? After four decades or five decades of your opponents literally making everything. Hollywood, music. Uh, music's a bit of a weird one because it's always been political. Sports. Every artery be stemming from the cultural heart they have made political. 
And now if you oppose what they do, you're the one that's making it political, not them. It's like a Pavlov's dog experiment on a grand scale. And I don't know what you do about it. I don't know. I used to love watching. I'm, I was a big Formula One fan growing up. You know, Formula One, like the European-based, you know, motorsport. And I used to love watching, like, the pre-race coverage of Formula One, right? So, like, you know, in the pit lane, walking up and down the pit lane, talking to drivers, talking to team owners, talking to mechanics, talking about race strategy and shit. Well, we're going to use this tire and we're going to pit on this lap. And we're hopeful that we can get a couple of tenths of a lap out of this, blah, 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 blah. I love that kind of shit because I'm a very nerdy guy like that. I, I tried to watch a Formula One race about, I don't know, a month ago. I tried to watch the pre-race coverage. I couldn't watch it. Because every single question, every single angle for two hours before the race was, so what do you think about racism then? So what 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 is the Mercedes team, Lewis? Lewis Hamilton, current world champion. What's the Mercedes team doing to address global racism? Do you support a Black Lives Matter movement? Do you think it's important for people to march for Black Lives Matter? Do you? What do you think about Donald Trump then? Do you think he should do more to address like the concerns of Black Lives Matter? Do you think he's maybe a bit racist? Do you? Or it was two hours of that. Every single driver. So welcome to the welcome to the track. You've you've been getting some good results during practice. Yes, we've been getting some very good results during the practice. Uh, we're hopeful we can make up a little time in race. Yeah. Speaking of race, <laughs> speaking of making up time in race, don't you think it's time that white people make up for the things that they've done in racisms? Then, you know, I know we're all here for race, but are you really for race? Are you or? It's it's fucking mind-numbing. Every sport now. That's the future. Isn't it grand? Uh, I want to bring you this because let's get off that shit now. On Monday, on Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, we touched on the story. It was sent through by Amberlina. Thank you. And if you want to send me stuff, I appreciate it. The best place to do it is probably Discord. So if you want to join the Discord, there's a link that comes up. You know, Tidy Labs tweets out a link to the Discord from time to time. So if you want to join the Discord and get involved there, please do. I love it when people send me stuff. Uh, so Amberlina sent me the story, I think it was uh, Amberlina, of the teacher who saw the BB gun, you know, hanging on the wall behind the student during one of these virtual classes. She told the principal, a guy named Mr. Feeler... <laughs> Unfortunately for the principal, God. if he had been Mr. Feeler, if there had been, there was a Mr. Woodcock who was the deputy principal at my school. I was in his office more than I was in my fucking seat just because his name was Mr. Woodcock. I could help with that. I used to always jibe him. Like as a 10 year old, I'd say shit to him like, you got a chip on your shoulder, huh? <laughs> you little bastard. He physically, this usually only happens in the movies. He physically dragged me to the principal's office one day by the ear. I thought that that never happened. That happened to me. I swear to God, hand on heart. On my mother's grave, I got dragged to the office by the ear once. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Woodcock. Good morning, Mr. Woodcock. <laughs> anyway, great guy though. Nice guy. Didn't deserve that. 
Fuck him. Get a new name, bro. Um, so Mr. Feeler, the principal at the school, called the police on the student and demanded that the police, you know, search this kid's home because there was a BB gun hanging on the wall behind him during one of these virtual classes. Which I think is a tremendous development. We want, you know, public servants having even more access into our private lives, <laughs> of course, to make the world we're making the world safe. Thank you for keeping me safe, teacher. So we want this. And I made the comment that that you know, my former teachers are so very lucky that this wasn't taking place when I was at school, because I was a little bastard at school. Um, I gave my teachers fucking hell. Two teachers retired because I'm not, I'm not boasting around. I'm telling you like legitimate truth. Two teachers retired because of they were my teacher at different points. One in like year four, which is about 10 years old. And in that class, they literally put my desk outside the classroom <laughs> for like six months of the year. Everybody else was inside the class and I had to watch through the door. And then, you know, the teacher would come out and give me the, the schoolwork. And I'll be like, okay. Because as soon as he put me back in the class, I would disrupt everything again. And then again in high school, when I was about 15, another teacher retired. Fat piece of shit she was. She had to retire. She was terrible. I did a service to the future students. So they're very lucky that they weren't doing Zoom classes when I was, in, when I was a lad, when I was back in my day. And I was very disappointed in that story. But then I came across this one to even up the universe, to balance out everything, ladies and gentlemen. Have a look at this. This is the kind of shit that makes the world a better place. This is the kind of shit that makes me want to get up in the morning. Have a look at this. Well, some Edison High School students were exposed to more than education during a virtual art class yesterday. Yeah, a disturbing Zoom meeting between a teacher and more than a dozen students. You can hear the chaos after what appears to be a freshman making sexual gestures at a teacher while lifting up his shirt. Devin. <laughs> yeah. Chad. <laughs> During an art class. And look at, oh, this is so disturbing. This is so awful. Sexual, he's making sexual gestures towards his teacher whilst lifting up, lifting up his shirt. <laughs> this is what you get though. You cannot put kids in front of a screen, in front of a monitor, and like in their own homes and expect them to be on their best behavior. That is exactly where the worst behavior starts <laughs> when kids are on their own in front of a computer screen. <laughs> Disturb, dis a disturbing report about a young man having fun. <laughs> Tonight, breaking at KSAT 12, ABC affiliate KSAT 12, we have a disturbing report about a young man doing shit in class and laughing about it. Oh my God. Shut it down. Maybe they should ban the virtual classes now. We wouldn't, we wouldn't want one of the students making kissy faces at his teacher and then showing him his Chad chest. Showing her his Chad chest. I hope it's her. I don't know. Let's see. Who fucking knows? <laughs> Maybe it was a homoerotic situation. Maybe that's what's offensive. Who knows? Clark with the story, but we do want to warn you, some of the content may be disturbing. Oh, it, it, it fucking better be good, man. 
if you're going if you if you're going to set this up by saying some of this content may de- be disturbing, it better be disturbing. It better not be vanilla milk toast average. Uh, miss, I think you're really cute. Want to see my nipples? That's not good enough. It better be. I want to fuck the shit out of you, bitch. You know, it has to be something hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be I, I want I want the kid to say to his teacher something like I'm going to suck on your vagina till the back of your head caves in, you know? <laughs> and then lift up his shirt. It better be disturbing. Don't bring me out here for nothing. I was furious. I was so upset. Mariana Rodriguez was compelled to speak out after hearing her son Eduardo Corpus recount disturbing moments captured during <laughs> So if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see, there appears, there appears to be a young male student uh, dancing around in front of the camera, rubbing his, ma- his man titties. <laughs> <laughs> dancing around in a festive fashion. Na, 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 na. Rubbing his own nipples in front of the camera. This is fantastic. This is exactly what school's about. Come on, mum. Don't be such a stick in the mud. Don't be such a wet fucking blanket here. We're having fun here. School's supposed to be fun. Mariana Rodriguez was compelled to speak out after hearing her son Eduardo Corpus recount disturbing moments captured during a virtual art class via Zoom for students at Edison High School yesterday. (laughs) Uh, They're putting their shirts up and saying, like, really disgusting. Here's something that needs to be discussed right now. This is very important. Uh, Eduardo... Eduardo, Eduardo Corpus, Ed, Mr. Corpus, do you think that you're going to be learning at home forever? Because what you've just done is virtual tattletale. We know what happens to tattletales, don't we, in the schoolyard? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't think that the coronavirus is going to protect you from schoolyard justice forever, Mr. Eduardo. <laughs> um... Um, I was in the class and one of my friends lifted up his shirt and he was rubbing his nipples at the teacher in a very suggestive way. Mom, 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 come and look at this, mom. They're doing mean things on the internet. <laughs> oh, Eduardo. Eduardo's going to be the kind of kid who says that he gets bullied because he's fat. But no, Eduardo, you get bullied because you do shit like this, sir. Son, where's dad? Dad would straighten you up. Maybe it's time to go and work at Dad's fucking tire shop. Maybe school isn't the right thing for you. Eduardo, what are you doing, son? Eduardo liked it. Drum boy in the chat. <laughs> no, he didn't. He went. He called his mum in. Mum, look at this. Mum, they're doing things on the internet. Mum, I just saw Billy's nipples. <laughs> little t- you little fucking rat Eduardo ah oh. wedgies are in your future well into your 40s via zoom for students at Edison High School relax, yesterday kid. uh they're putting their shirts up and saying like really disgusting stuff to the teacher like what making her feel un- like what <laughs> what do they say tell me <laughs> oh yeah they said disgusting things like what did they talk about you know like sex stuff or Come on, Eduardo. Don't be a bitch, Eduardo. Tell us what he said. 
Tell us the filthy things that he said to the teacher, Eduardo. Uncomfortable. Oh, he's making me uncomfortable. Fuck you, Eduardo. Fuck you. <laughs> Mom, I'm having strange feelings. <laughs> Fascist hippie in the chat. Mom, I'm questioning my sexuality again. So sexy, the class is comprised of. <laughs> Did he say you sexy bitch? <laughs> I'm sorry. I have no sympathy. No sympathy whatsoever. I know there's probably like a lot of good teachers out there, but just from personal experience, I can only go off personal experience. The overwhelming majority of my teachers were fucking terrible. You know, I aced like astronomy in year eight, which I think for you guys is what's what's after freshman? Is that sophomore? I, I don't know the weird way you fucking people do things. But like I got like fucking straight A's in chemistry and astronomy in year eight. I was having to correct the fucking teacher on things. I'm like, no, no, that's actually not the atmospheric makeup of fucking Jupiter, sir. It's actually this. And he'd look in his book. Oh, oh, you learn something new every... I had a teacher legitimately say to me once, you learn something new every day. How the fuck are you supposed to respect these people? <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, this is a waste of time. I'm just going to go get drunk and high with my friends and chase girls. That'll do That'll be my role in school for the next couple of years. And I sucked at that. <laughs> Never got laid. I was terrible. <laughs> Too nerdy, you see. But kids like Eduardo, they're fucked. Making her feel uncomfortable. You know? Why are you so sexy? The class is comprised of students from different grade levels. Corpus says he's never met some of them, including the one freshman he says can be seen lifting his shirt up. <laughs> but Corpus says the imagery he displayed will be hard to forget. Oh, come on, Eduardo. Fucking suck it up, champ. <laughs> I'll never forget this. <laughs> Acting like he's like a 16-year-old fighting in World War II. <laughs> The imagery he saw is going to be hard to forget. Sounds like somebody's sounds like somebody's positioning for a future lawsuit. Oh, psychological damage, hey, hey? Fuck you, Eduardo. <laughs> Did your mum tell you to say that? You prick. <laughs> Kitty B, his mind is as soft as his belly. <laughs> Big pudgy, big pudgy softballs here. Why are you so sexy? The class is comprised of so students from sexy, different grade miss? levels. Corpus says he's never met some of them, including the one freshman he says can be seen lifting his shirt up. But Corpus says the imagery he displayed will be hard to forget. I just don't understand what goes through uh, the kids' heads. You know, like what what are they? thinking when they do that. Yeah, like, I just don't understand, like, why, like, people my age, like, want to have fun. I just don't understand, like, people, like, my age, like, I'm really concerned, like, you know, because one day we're going to be, you know, what we should really be talking about is, like, Black Lives Matter, and we should really be talking about, like, politics and, like, why Donald Trump is such a bad guy, but so I'm really concerned that, like, children, like, other kids my age, like, just want to have fucking fun and fuck with people and stuff. Like, that's really not what being a kid is all about, you know? <laughs> like, I was there, I'm like, I'm like here to learn and shit. 
Like, I want to learn so when I go to work at my father's tire shop, like, I can do the books and stuff. And, like, this kid was in here as being very disruptive, and he was saying things like, I want to fuck you to the teacher. And, like, I don't even know if she's hot or not, because, like, I'm not into that, but... <laughs> so I had to, like, call mom in and say, Mom, look at this. Look at this guy, I can see his nipples. He's, like, flashing his chest on the screen. I, I don't think I'm ever going to forget it. Like, it's going to be very traumatizing for me as a young boy growing up. And, I'd like, it's just unacceptable. Fucking hell. What are they doing to our kids? Jesus Christ. I almost prefer the kids to be, like, putting on ski masks and throwing Molotov cocktails. You know what I mean? Don't you? I, I, would, rather, I would rather a kid, like, spray paint and kick in shop windows at his age than sit there and go, Mom, come and look at the boy having fun and saying things to the teacher. Can you stop it, please? Like, fuck. I can deal with the former. The latter. There's no hope for you, Eduardo. No hope whatsoever. Rodriguez says she understands it must be extra hard for kids to focus during Zoom meetings. They can be done anywhere and the possibilities for distractions are endless. But she's hoping that parents will urge... A special mention needs to be made here. I still can't get over how ridiculous these newsreaders and the reporters look with these fucking masks on. Have a look at this. So I think he's going with the special um, African styling mask there. Not that we want to make everything political or anything. Nice mask, bro. How many tribes had to be... How many tribes had to be genocided to create that banner? Don't worry, that's history. We're not here for history. We're here to show our titties to the teacher. ...their kids to think about how hard it must be for the teachers. Yeah. They have about 24 to 30 students in one classroom, and they have four periods oh. daily. The San Antonio... Oh, how awful. <laughs> Again, I'm sure there's really good teachers out there, but speaking from personal experience, I never met one. <laughs> that's not true. I met one or two. And actually, the one or two good teachers that I had were, um, what do you call it? Substitute teachers. One was a music teacher that got me into music after I was banned from doing drama because I refused to do Shakespeare plays. I was a straight A drama student for my first few years of high school. And then I refused. I'm, I said, I'm not doing Shakespeare. Shakespeare sucks. Fuck Shakespeare. It's written in dead language. It's it's over. It's overrepresented in theatre and it's fucking hyped. It's rubbish. Fuck Shakespeare. And so I got kicked out of drama. <laughs> Winning TV with the diamond. Eduardo OT, uh, PTSD fund, I think you mean to say. Yes, we've got to help Eduardo get over this. Eduardo. Eduardo. So I went out of drama, got into music. At the time, there was a substitute teacher in music who was high all the time. His, his eyes were constantly red. He was a drummer in a jazz band. And I was like, oh, you know what? I like this jazz shit. I like this music stuff. Sign me up, teach. And then he left and we were all heartbroken. But other than that, I really can't think. There was one history teacher that I liked who would, you know, during history class, he would say the usual shit that was in the school books. And then after history class was finished, there was about four or five of us who would constantly challenge him on everything <coughs> that he would say. Then after history class, he'd stick around for like another half an hour and we'd talk about shit like the slave trade without political correctness. <laughs> so he was good too. 
but he was another substitute. So we only had him for a year or so, and then he left as well. <laughs> Irrational times in the chat. A jazz musician gets high? No way. Yes, gets high and then goes to school to teach the kids what a 4-4 beat is. God, it must have been fucking mind-numbing for him. I don't even blame him getting high. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's doing like, after work, he's doing like syncopated, con you know, complex jazz uh, arrangements. And then he has to fucking smoke bongs at eight o'clock in the morning to be able to sit there and say to drooling, snotty-nosed 12-year-olds, four beats to a bar is 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> <laughs> And as soon as he gets in the car after work, he just fucking lights up a blunt and listens to, listens to Miles Davis all the way home. It's like, thank God that's over. <laughs> Probably doesn't sleep all night. You know, those jazz guys, they only, they're only awake between the hours of like 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. The rest of the time they're sleeping everything off. So, so he was fucking great. I miss that guy. Anyway, this fucking Eduardo kid, I don't know what we're going to do about him. This kind of self-cuckery cannot be allowed. And if only, ladies and gentlemen, the schoolyard was still in operation instead of this virtual classroom shit, then I think Eduardo would get the swift schoolyard justice that he is so desperately crying out for. Here's a pro tip for you, Eduardo. Even if you don't like something that the class clown is doing, don't bring your mum in to fight your battles for it on the local news. That, that is unacceptable. Eduardo, <laughs> take it from a guy who's been through the system, who's been through the churn of high school. <clears throat> this kind of behavior here can only end poorly for you. I would suggest the best, the best possible course of action you have, and this is legit, you're a kind of a tubby kid. I would start whenever possible during class, take your own shirt off and start doing booby things with your man titties to redeem yourself. Start licking your own nipples on Zoom. Then maybe the children will forgive you by the time you're allowed back into the schoolyard. Because if you don't do something like that, maybe draw a big sad face on your big guts there, do something like that, and go, I'm sad. I'm Eduardo's belly and I'm sad. And then do titty dances. If you don't do something like that, kids remember this shit by the time you go back to the schoolyard, it's going to be punishment. And we don't want that for you, Eduardo. We want to help you. We want to help you along in this journey. So <laughs> with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with a diamond. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Eduardo is a punk-ass bitch. Well, welcome, my bitches. Am I allowed to say bitch again now? Fantastic. <laughs> with that, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. We'll be right back after these short, short messages here on the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Bog... Uh, Daily Boggy. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, Mom! Mom, they're saying bad things about the show again! We'll be right back. Novelty comedy songs, organic, 
handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie Really giving that one a workout. Come on. Dlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Hey, Patriots. This is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censor, defectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But well, why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Carry on movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. 
anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms. Police have reported. More Sometimes right away. this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. It is the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Again, just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Please, please, please subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Really helps us out. And if you'd like to, if, if you'd like to complain about children doing things that makes them laugh, then you can do so. What a soulless fucking, what a spiritless, soulless piece of shit that you'd have to be to stop fun from happening in a virtual classroom. Jesus Christ, Eduardo. Get some help. Um, if you'd like to complain about that, then you can do so by following us on Twitter at Boogie Bum. But yes, Kitty B, thank you so much for that link. Uh, the Boogie Stand flag contest, ladies and gentlemen. Let me throw that up for you right there. Uh, we, I'm going to extend it. Because a few people now have complained and they're like, I need more time. I need more time. It's like, okay. Here's the thing. I'm a bit of a sucker. I'm a bit of a sucker for a personal plea. So somebody's like, I need more time. And I'm like, okay. So we'll just extend it like for a few weeks, I guess. If you want to do a flag for Boogie Stand, design a flag. Fate of Kings came through with a couple of designs, ladies and gentlemen. There's Fate of Kings. Uh, completely destroying my national, my Australian, my adopted country's flag, that being Australia. Because, <laughs> of course, I'm proud. I'm a proud born and bred Boogie Stanian. So <laughs> I'm sure the Australians will be well pleased with that. <laughs> Thank you, Fader Kings. <laughs> I, if, I was to, if I was to offer some um, constructive feedback, I would suggest it looks a little bit too much like Australia. <laughs> but I did laugh. And you can see the little boogies there in the Southern Cross stars, which again, uh, the Australians would have no problem with. <laughs> Thank you for the entries. Now, if you want a chance to win uh, the boogie stand flag, whichever one ends up becoming the winner, then uh, throw in a design, see what you can come up with. The micronation of boogie stand. I do have a story, actually. Uh, the the most famous Australian micronation has just folded, believe it or not. <gasps> I know. The famous Australian micronation called uh, the Principality of Hutt. It's in Western Australia. They've just ceased to become a, they've ceased to be a micronation. They actually have their own passports and their own currency and everything like that. They recently ceased, but I'm, I'm probably going to save that for the Friday night show. So what we can do now Oh, and by the way, also, like I said at the start of the show, if you just joined us during the break, um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna start doing the occasional, yes, hut, but with two T's, H-U-double-T, the Principality of Hut. It was a guy who was having a, a dispute with the government about, I think it was sheep and the air force flying over his house because he lived near an air force base, so he declared himself um, a separate country, and so the air force couldn't fly over his house anymore. And he could do like trade negotiations with the government. Because <laughs> that's how we roll down here as a sheep farmer. He made his own country. 
somebody muted in the chat. Somebody will fix it. One of the mods will fix it. Um, so there's that. So I think we'll save that for Friday night. But also, as I said at the start of the show, somebody, was somebody muted in the chat? What's going on here? Come on now. What's happening? What took place? Okay, whoever muted somebody by accident, can you please unmute them? <laughs> okay, fixed it. Thank you, Kitty. But all right, <laughs> we have had a few accidental mutings in the past. <laughs> so save that for Friday night. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm in a, I'm in the kind of a mood to be a little bit silly today. So fuck it, why not? Because there's a couple of ways we can go here. It's it's up to you. Like, how about this? We'll do a daily boogie, you know, multiple choice. Oh fuck, I forgot my previous point. I mean, I, like, I, I'm I'm on no sleep, man. Um, pocket mute. <laughs> put that one on the put that one on the thing, JJ. I'm gonna hang on. I'll kill the music. Pocket mute. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> JJ Stoner, by the way, follow JJ DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner. So if you want to join me on. Um, a retro game stream like I'm talking like Mega Drive Genesis Super Nintendo even game well we can't do Game Boy because it's not really multiplayer maybe Nintendo 64 shit like that if you want to join me on that uh, send me a DM on Twitter because I'm probably going to do some retro game streams in the future thank you tip of the hat shout out to Joy of Pessy for helping set that up here and um, I might even do one tomorrow night after winning TV which starts at 6.30pm ladies and gentlemen so we'll see what happens. You'd watch it. I'd, most people won't watch it. So I'll put it in the title that it's a game stream and you don't have to like it. You don't have to watch it if you don't want to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I might do that and I'll probably just do it on DLive because why not? Fuck it. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's a couple of ways we can go about this second half of the show. I'm going to let you decide. Because the first half was kind of serious. Yeah, we can do Mario Kart 64. Absolutely, that's on the list. Mario Kart 64 is on the list. NBA Jam Tournament Edition is definitely on the list. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the old one, is definitely on the list. Street Fighter, we can do Street Fighter. That's on the list. We can have fun for hours and hours and hours. Um, so the first hour I thought was pretty heavy. We can go... i tell you what, we can do a little bit of whimsical in politics or we can go right off script and disturb you which one do you prefer whimsical in politics or being disturbed you decide one for whimsical in politics two for being disturbed here on a wednesday night Okay, I think the twos have it. So we'll focus on that for the second half of the show. I just do, before we get to that, I do have to play you this very short clip here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie. I thought this was so fantastic. <laughs> this was so fucking beautiful. Yeah. You'll see why in a moment. I just love those life comes at you fast moments. Have a look at this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> from, from our favorite network here on the show, CNN. 
see if you see if you get the same kind of um, thoughts that I get when you watch this. Have a look at this. Big questions this morning about changes the CDC made to their testing guidelines late yesterday. Quietly on their website, the agency now saying that people exposed to coronavirus may not need to be tested. Joining us now is CNN Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Also with us, CNN Medical Analyst Dr. Lena Wen. She's the former Health Commissioner. Uh, just incidentally, uh, uh, you know, a fun little fact for you. If you're interested in pub trivia, if you want to win yourself a frozen chicken at the local tavern trivia night, the lady on the right is the former Director of Planned Parenthood. Just incidentally, nothing to do with politics. But she is the former chief of Planned Parenthood, now a CNN political, uh, pardon me, a CNN medical expert. Just thought I'd point that out for the trivia buffs. I'm not making any comment about Planned Parenthood, but that's just where she came from, okay? So just so you know. But that's not even the point here. Have a listen to this. In Baltimore. Dr. Wen, why? Why would the CDC say that if you think you've been exposed to someone who tests positive for coronavirus, you don't have to be tested? I- frozen. Uh, follow Q in a frozen. Follow Q in the chat, frozen chicken, and he's put a little laugh emoji. That's what we win in trivia here. On trivia nights, you win a meat tray or a, we just say a frozen chook. Did you win a frozen chook? So, so you know, the trivia night hustlers here in Australia, because there's a lot of pubs in Sydney. A lot of pubs. There's going to be a lot less pubs thanks to fucking coronavirus lockdowns, unfortunately. But in the city of Sydney, you can't walk, you know, 200 yards without walking past a pub. They're, they're everywhere. Um, <clears throat> so if you if you do trivia nights, you win a frozen chook. Win a winner. Exactly. Win a winner chicken dinner. That's where it comes from. So you win yourself a frozen chook. <laughs> And, you know, the, the trivia night hustlers have to spend thousands of dollars on freezers because they're filled with frozen chickens. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you because it makes no sense to me, Allison, because these are exactly the people what? who should be tested. I mean, imagine if you got exposed at work. You would want to know for your... At work. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm a child. <laughs> imagine if you got exposed at work. <clears throat> walk. Let's skip ahead here to Sanjay Gupta. So the question is, the CDC, the Centre for uh, Disease Control or whatever it's called, you know the scientists? You know how you're always being told, trust the scientists, trust the scientists, you need to trust the scientists, trust the scientists? You know how CNN has spent hour after hour after hour after hour after hour after fucking mind-numbing hour talking about how you need to trust the science, trust the scientists, take the advice, take the health experts' advice, do what the CDC tells you. You need to do exactly what the CDC says. The CDC cannot be questioned. You must not question them. They're the experts. Trust the science, right? So now the CDC comes out and says, you know what? People with symptoms, they might not have to get tested. And all of a sudden, it seems we don't trust the fucking science anymore. Ain't that the darndest thing on CNN? Trust the science, trust the science, trust the science, trust the science. The CDC has announced that people with symptoms may not have to get tested. Do not trust the science. (laughs) Oh, what a shock. (laughs) What a turnaround. Wait a minute. So when I was questioning the scientists, when I was asking questions about, you know, 
the the wisdom of locking people uh, out of their businesses and forcing people on, onto the unemployment queues and you know forcing people out of their homes. When I was questioning the scientific wisdom of that, I was called a fucking conspiracy theorist. And you would turn around to the CDC and say, you need to do what they tell you, do exactly what they tell you. And now the CDC is saying, well, you know what? We don't even have to test everybody who's got symptoms. And now all of a sudden, oh, <laughs> don't listen to them. It's ridiculous. Doesn't this mean there will be fewer tests conducted? Doesn't this mean there will be fewer cases identified? And doesn't this mean quite possibly that there will be further spread because we haven't identified asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic people? A hundred percent. Absolutely. And, uh -huh. you know, uh, building on what Lena said, it, according to the CDC itself, about 50 percent of the spread in this country is coming from people who are asymptomatic, uh -huh. people who don't know that they're carrying the virus, yeah. who, who don't have symptoms or don't yeah. yet have symptoms. But the CDC came out and said we don't have to test everybody who's asymptomatic. Huh? Huh? I'm trusting. I'm Sanjay, Dr. Gupta, I don't know what to tell you. I guess I'm trusting the scientists now. <laughs> Go shit in your hat. Trust the scientists. The scientists said we don't have to test you. Don't trust the scientists. <laughs> You know, th th there's a larger picture going on here. You know, I mean, last week... <laughs> Fader King's boogie. It's post-ironic, bro. You wouldn't get... I can't keep up with the irony thing. <laughs> I'm a very sarcastic person, and even I'm confused by post-ironic humor. <laughs> we heard that teachers, uh, even if they've been exposed to coronavirus... Uh, could Dude, watch me lick this toilet seat and inject veins... Uh, inject AIDS right into my vein. It's ironic. <laughs> it's post-ironic humor. <laughs> be considered essential workers so they could continue to teach uh -huh. even if they've been exposed to coronavirus. That was last week. Over the weekend, we had this uh, emergency use authorization for, pla for uh, convalescent plasma, even, even though they said themselves just a couple days earlier they weren't going to uh, authorize the, the uh, emergency use authorization, and then suddenly they switched. Uh -huh. And then today... So uh, now, now, see, look at this. Now we've gone from you must not challenge the CDC on anything to we're now like with the, with this one thing, these fucking assholes are now challenging everything the CDC has ever done. <laughs> Isn't it cute? I love moments like this. So much fun for me. This brings me joy. Now it's like, well, the CDC has a very bad track record. All of a sudden, <laughs> these people are so predictable. It's like John Bolton. Like, take any example you want. The first one that springs to mind is John Bolton. I'm not a fan of John Bolton. When Donald Trump first hired John Bolton, I was criticized by Trump supporters because it's like, well, it's a good decision. I'm like, no, fuck John Bolton. He's a piece of shit. Fuck him. I don't like him. They're like, oh, you don't understand. It's a good decision. It's a good decision. It's a tremendous, tremendous decision. Great decision. John's going to do great things for this administration. Great things. Tremendous things. So I was told I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. And then when Donald Trump uh, fired John Bolton, all of a sudden they're all saying the things that I was saying two years ago. And it's like, hang on, do I get any fucking credit here? You're now agreeing with me. And it's like, ah, whatever. John Bolton, fuck him. He's anti-MAGA. <laughs> it's like, hey, what do you fucking think I was telling you two years ago? Right? So, the, But CNN had their own version of John Bolton-itis. Where they would tell, they were, I was agreeing with CNN for two years. 
Oh, John Bolton's terrible. He's he's awful. He's got an awful record. He's a great analyst on, you know, news programs and stuff, but he's a terrible fucking guy. He's a warmonger. He's a neocon. This is bad for Trump. They were saying that for two years, but then the day he came out and said Donald Trump's a bad guy, all of a sudden they turned into the MAGA people two years earlier. CNN sounded like MAGA in 2017 when, when John Bolton criticized Trump. They're like, we love John Bolton. He's a tremendous guy. He's got years of experience. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's insane. It's ridiculous. Think about it. Here's the thing. Five years ago, everybody agreed with me about John Bolton. Two years ago, CNN agreed with me about John Bolton, but MAGA didn't. And then six months ago, MAGA agrees with me about John Bolton, but CNN doesn't. And I'm the only one that's maintained the same position. Figure it out. But I'm still wrong. If you can figure that out, you're a fucking genius. Call me cynical. Anyway. Ignore the CD, respect the CDC. They know everything. They get everything right. They do everything right. The CDC just came out and said, we don't need to test everyone. Ignore the CDC. Ignore everything they've ever done. <laughs> How can you not be cynical in 2020? I love it. All right. People voted for two. So we'll save the other stuff that we have for Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, Friday night, 6 p.m. here on the Daily Boogie program. All right. You wanted, you wanted to, you wanted disturbing... Well, I'm afraid I can't give you disturbing. I'm afraid what I'm going to have to do here is give you body positivity. Hey, James R. Thank you for joining us, James. You're wrong because you're Aussie. <laughs> That's the only acceptable answer. Thank you for joining us. Uh, at Real Person PLTCS, ladies and gentlemen. So... <laughs> So you want it disturbing, we'll save the more hardcore political shit for Friday night. Now, this may be disturbing to you, what I'm about to show you, but I'm here to tell you, if you find this disturbing, then I'm afraid you're a bigot. Because here on this show, we accept people for who they are. We love love, we hate hate. We hate hate and we love love. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you the next stage of the body positivity movement. Look at this Chad. His name is Baby Kendall. Maybe we'll let him speak for himself. Let's have a look. I love the idea that you're able to enhance your body in this day and age. I am 22 years old. I've had about 50 procedures. <laughs> Looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> Just 50? Wow. Looking good. Looking good for 50 procedures. How old was he? 22? 23 years old? Exactly what a young man should be focused on. Trying to think what I was doing at 23. Oh, that's right. At 23, I was um, playing in a very, very semi-professional band... Uh, playing gigs, going out drinking with friends, 
laughing at guys that look like this, pretty much. Not much has changed. <laughs> I don't play in a band anymore, but I'm still laughing. So that's what I was doing at 23. Trying to scrape enough money together for rent every week. Right, Doing shitty jobs, shitty blue collar jobs. Car breaking down once a month. That's pretty much my early 20s. 50 cosmetic procedures at the age of 23. 50. There are 50-year-olds who wouldn't have 23 cosmetic procedures. But this 23-year-old has had 50 cosmetic procedures. What a world, what a world we live in, huh? Crush and puss. <laughs> 23 Kumauer in the chat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't seem like the puss-crushing type, though, if you ask me. Press 1 in the chat if you think this Chad crushes puss. Press 2 in the chat if you think he's an Eduardo who would get offended by people having fun on Zoom. Is he a puss crusher? Is he crushing that puss? Kitty B in the chat. He gets his bussy crush. Boy pussy. <laughs> We're going with two. Okay. Well, you might be surprised. You might be surprised. Let's have a look. Body in this day and age. I am 22 years old. 22. About 50 procedures. Looking Today, good, bro. I'm having my 51st procedure done, which is a PRP hair treatment. A what? If you can't feel it, is it really working? Every now and then, I like to do these videos every now and then because I just have a sick fascination with these otherwise healthy people who would spend tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars to get an unethical, you know, medical expert, a medical professional to butcher them. You know, <laughs> that's just something that appeals to me. I have to, like, I have to investigate this mentality. I need to know more. So I'm always looking forward to these videos, but I really just like the parts where we see them, like, getting all cut open and shit. It's like, ah, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've always wanted to. <clears throat> I've mentioned this on the show before, I'm sure. But isn't there like an ethical standard with doctors? You know what I mean? Like, aren't doctors, don't they take what's called the Hippocratic Oath and it's like, we must not do any harm? Wouldn't you think by like the 20th or the 30th procedure, the doctor's Hippocratic Oath might kick in? and say, well, hang on, we have performed 30 major operations on you for purely cosmetic reasons. Like there is nothing, you are not unhealthy, you are not sick in any way. So we have performed 30 medical procedures on you for no reason whatsoever, really, except for vanity. Um, I think you've had enough. But that, that never seems to come up for some reason. It's strange, isn't it? It's almost like when the checkbook comes out, the ethics seem to, like, pick up their shit and walk out. Well, you know, I don't recommend having another eye lift, but if you're going to add another zero to that check, to that money order, well, then I think we can all use a little bit of a tuck from time to time. We can all use a little bit of work. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. We're just injecting more fiberglass to sit on top of the plastic that we've already pumped into your face. What could be, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? And then the problem always comes when these people get to like the age of 50, right? 
Because when you get to like 50 and over, part of you looks 20, but the other part does not. <laughs> so you always look like you've been, you look like a plastic, you look like a wax figurine that's been left too close to a fireplace and half of your face is melted off. You look like a stroke victim when you get later on in life with all of this fucking work being done. But it, no, it's about the here and now. I want the Instagram likes now. I want the Facebook likes now. Give me compliments now. 50 procedures, not enough. I'm going for number 51. It's not mental illness. It's about body positivity. It's got nothing to do with mental illness. It's not body dysmorphia. It's called being an influencer. It's not it's not a mental condition. It's called taking pride in your appearance by changing it. So let's have a look here at baby Kendall. He spent $75,000 on this. Let's have a look. <laughs> he spent. Well, you know what I mean. North Carolina. North Carolina. <laughs> oh, no. America. America. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, America, this is your cousin Australia calling. We always thought Canada was the most worst. We always thought Canada was the worst one in the family. But dad, England is getting really annoyed because dad is like starting to become a Muslim now. So dad's becoming a Muslim and he doesn't like this kind of stuff anymore. So America, can you please cut the shit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, North Carolina. North Carolina is like Americana. Oh, muted diamonds. Oh, no. Oh, pardon me. So sorry. So sorry. Okay, we've got some We've got some diamonds here. Uh, follow Q with a diamond. Holy eyebrows. <laughs> Holy eyebrows. White privilege much. Exactly. Uh, Lady of diamonds. Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? That one was for follow Q. So I'm apolo- apologies. I had the diamonds muted after the break. My bad. I just don't expect anybody to give us diamonds. <laughs> Why would they? North Carolina, North Carolina, Carolina, Americana, flag waving North Carolina. Yeah. So when I look in the mirror, um, you know, I, I see someone. A very, very, very scrawny guy. I see a guy not able to grow chest hair. Not a guy who shaves his chest, a guy who has no hair on his chest at all. I mean, I see a guy who looks like a 14-year-old kid. What do you see? Winning TV with a diamond. Thank you for the diamond, Phil. Since it's muted, since it ain't. (laughs) Everybody donate diamonds to prove that it's not muted. (laughs) He looks like a little kid to me. Mr. Fun Kimmy with a diamond. I was late. Did you miss me, Boog? Say yes. No. Just because you asked me. Uh, follow Minister of Fun Kimmy. She, I think she's doing a show tomorrow night at around 11 o'clock. 11 p.m. Minister of Fun. DLive.tv slash censored. Joanne G with a diamond. The only place I can afford diamonds is DLive. Don't worry. You're not alone. The only place I get diamonds is DLive. Booyah! Hi-oh! Ho-ho! Brother Bring! Brother Bring. 
one who put a great deal of time and energy in their body. Um, obviously, I'm not fully done yet. He's not fully done. He's not done with his procedures yet. I'm Tyler Divick. I am 20. Tyler. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> what a surprise. His name is Tyler. <laughs> Mr. Fun Kimmy. Haha, <laughs> my favorite contrarian. That's not true. See, I'm doing it now still. Tyler. <laughs> Corey must have been taken. Corey and Reese were unavailable, so we had to go with Tyler. Winning TV with a diamond. Did you ask for diamonds, Your Majesty? Yes, I did, of course. I demand diamonds for the honor of Boogie Stan. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Tyler. He. If you were to look up Tyler in the dictionary, there it is. Hey, Tyler. Like I said, Corey and Reese were taken. So Tyler it is. 22 years old, also known as the baby Ken doll. The baby Ken doll. Woo! That's, see, that's unfortunate for him. He wants to be the baby Ken doll, but in 2020, you've got to be black, son. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a diamond. His balls haven't dropped. No, his balls, his balls haven't dropped yet. Otherwise known as the baby Ken doll. He's like a living female-oriented lolly anime porn. <laughs> Women who want to have sex with little boys would love Tyler. <laughs> Look at this. I'm Tyler Divick. I am 22 years old. Hi, Tyler. Also known as the baby Ken doll. Today I am getting my... I don't know which outfit I like better. The the cut off the the cut off like titty football shirt or the Rambo fucking <laughs> the Rambo bullet fucking belt. Look at it. It's got the war paint on. He's a man's man. The baby Kendall. Looking good, mate. I wonder if he gets in much influence from the guy on the right who's obviously had a lot of work done to get that clearly fake jawline. <laughs> he, he looks like Johnny. He, the guy on the right, the guy on the left is literally the human equivalent of Johnny Bravo without the buff. Let's see if we can find Johnny Bravo here for you. I'm going I'm going to find you some Johnny Bravo. I've 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 referenced Johnny Bravo. I don't know why I keep bringing up Johnny Bravo over the last few shows. It must be on the brain. Johnny Bravo was a, was a fucking great cartoon back in the day, man. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's have a look at Johnny Bravo. <laughs> okay. Here's Johnny Bravo. There he is on the right. Dumb. I am your drill instructor. Johnny Bravo was the original Chad. He was the first Chad ever. Sergeant Trixie. All like I'm being fucking serious with you now. All like Chad personas are 
in some way based on the persona of the cartoon Johnny Bravo. And chads, people who say that they're chads or think that they're chads or get credited as being chads, refuse to admit it. That they, their whole identity is based on a fucking cartoon character. You are not even human. That's why I would never want to be a Chad. You are a cartoon. You are the lowest form of life on the planet. Not true. I've got opposable thumbs and everything. <laughs> Who said that? Who is the brainless, slime lapping, pencil neck son of a brush salesman? Who said that? Look at him. It was him. And I'm not pencil neck. Thank you very much. That's a Chad. What is your name, Private? Johnny Bravo, sweet cakes. He's he's a he's a better looking, more charming version of Frank Hassel. <laughs> hey, how's about you and me heading over to the PX for a little chipped beef on Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't want to get rabbit holed down Johnny Bravo cartoons. Let's get back to our real life chat here. The the baby Ken doll. So there you go. There's Johnny Bravo, the baby Ken doll version on the left. There's the real Johnny Bravo. Right there. <laughs> dumb. Let's carry on. Let's carry on, shall we? My 51st procedure done. As a kid, I wasn't as confident as I am today. Really? I was. I mean, like, you know, I'm going to be fair here. I mean, he, he was a handsome kid, right? Like, if that was my son, I'd be like, you know, he's, he's normal looking, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can I say that? There's nothing wrong with him. Look at him. This is before the surgeries. There was nothing wrong with him. Very presentable. A bit of a baby face, but chicks dig that, man. You don't want, you don't want to go like the chiseled jawline and shit if you're not a big guy. See, like, here's the problem, right? I've always had like a bit of a baby face, but I'm a big guy. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's kind of ridiculous. If you're a small, slender guy and you have a baby face, it works. If you're a small, slender guy who has like the face of a big guy, then it doesn't work. You, you, you want to kind of marry the two things up. I used to have a baby face, but thankfully, uh, after 20 years of alcohol and drug abuse and smoking too many cigarettes, that's no longer a problem for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> but if you're going to be a big guy, you can't have a baby face. And if you're going to be a little guy, you can't have a you know a big guy face. There was nothing wrong with him. Like a bit of a baby face, probably a little bit of a nerdy kid. He was probably the best looking nerd out of his group of friends. I bet if he was friends with Eduardo, Eduardo was very jealous of him. That'd be one set of nipples Eduardo would want to look at. So $75,000 later, that's there he is now. Who, who's this friend in the middle here? The friend seems to be in all of the photographs. And the friend has had a ridiculously cartoonish amount of work done. You can tell. Like, look at that expression there. Where's the David, I am 22 years old, also known as the baby Ken doll. Okay. So that <clears throat> the friend seems to be in all the photographs. The friend is Johnny Bravo. Minister of Fun, give me the diamond. Did all the ladies pinch your sweet little cheeks? <laughs> no, but they used to rub my head. Uh, Kitty B has. Oh, Kitty B's got the link for the friend. 
We found the friend. Oh, shit, Kitty B. <laughs> On fire, as always. Let's have a look. And Rodrigo joins us now. And then... <laughs> well done, you got me. Very well done, Kitty B, ladies and gentlemen. The Link Whisperer in the chat. <laughs> My special friend. <laughs> that can't, that's not the same guy, is it? It can't be the same guy. No, it's not. It's not the same guy. Kitty B was just tremendous. Fucking smash that. <laughs> Where the fuck were we now? Where's my link? All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get back, let's get back to super chat here. Today I am getting my 51st procedure done. As a kid. Is the peck implants? That's a peck implant right there. Today I am getting my 51st procedure done. See? Male tit jobs, huh? Now... Uh, Boogie, fun fact, I'm not anti-tit uh, jobs. Definitely. I'm not anti-fake titties. I love them. I'm not... I am anti, like, the ridiculously oversized fake titties, though. Like, when they're really huge. Like, it's too much. But a nice, you know, well-formed, well-structured little fake titty, I don't have a problem with that. Um, male fake titties, on the other hand, though, I don't even know why it's a thing. But there it is. That's what a male fake titty looks like, ladies and gentlemen. This kid isn't working out. <laughs> He's getting a penis reduction, Kumia. <laughs> no, seriously, that is his friend. He has had a lot of corrective surgeries on his... That is legitimately the friend? That's this guy? Come on now. That's the same. It can't be the same guy. You're fucking with me, Kitty. I know you're fucking with me. <laughs> Johnny Bravo, <those> sweet cakes. <laughs> Where is he? Where did I put it? Where'd my link go? There he is. This is the latest look. Hello, good morning. How very lovely to see you. So, um, you said there a couple of times, you know, maybe this is enough, maybe this is enough. Quite obviously it wasn't. You've been and had some... Oh, do you know what? This is the same show. <clears throat> do you remember the episode where we played the clip? It was from, like, six years ago, where it was, like, the guy who apparently had, like, the biggest penis. It was, like, a fucking 15-inch penis or something. It was one of the best clips we've ever done on this show. This is the same show he was on. And remember this woman, like, like the way she was like, she was fiddling with her fingers and she was playing with her hair and she was breathing uneasily and she was getting all red in the face and nervous talking about the size of this guy's dick. <laughs> and it's like, like, so what, so when you put it in the vagina, does it feel like, does it, does it, you know, does it feel good for the woman or was it, was it, is, does it hurt her at all or? You know, I, I just have this experience, like, like I feel like women are only going out with me because, you know, about the penis. And there's so much more to me than that. You know, I, I enjoy walks on the beach. 
Uh, I love, you know, Shakespeare. I love, you know, watching great movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So if you were to put it in my asshole, would it hit the G spot like instantly? Would I like have to work it up a little bit or so, right? If you put it straight in the vagina, do you even need to get it wet first or do you just put it in there? Like if if I was, to, if we were to go backstage right now, like, and you put it in my vagina, would that be something that you would do normally? Or is that something that you would perhaps be interested in? Or <laughs> So it's the same show. Let's see how she reacts to the human Ken doll. More? And what have you had done this time? Oh, she's rolling her eyes. She's rolling her eyes already. <laughs> she's not into Ken doll like she was big dick. Well, uh, this time I had a, a facelift, temple lift. He can't, he can't even speak. He's had so much plastic pumped into his face. I really appreciate Exactly. Pete gave Veritas. So so if it went in my ass, would it would I like it immediately, would I? Or would we have to like work up to that? Chick lift, lib lift, the replacement of my chin silicone implant. Uh, I had a cantopexy, uh, that's a type of eye lift. And now I can breathe. Yeah, because last so time Let me just put that up on the big screen for you. For years, to celebrate body positivity, ladies and gentlemen. Looking good, huh? And gone without all kip within. By these high walls, I've been surrounded. Walls to her eyes only paper. Paper thin like the fiberglass in that cheekbone. Looking good, isn't he? This is a rabbit hole. I had my nose done. Mm. You'd had it? Really? For the 11th time. For the 11th time, because one of the procedures... 11 nose jobs. Now, now here's our girl here, our sweetheart. <clears throat> Big dick blonde. <laughs> now, she's not... I don't, I'm not sure she's taking the same kind of interest in Plastic Boy that she was in Big Dick Man. But who knows? Winning TV with a diamond. He rooker Asian now. You'd had it. For the 11th time. For the 11th time, because one of the procedures it left you was it sort of like a bacterial infection. See, this isn't... <laughs> See, with the big dick guy, she was intrigued, she was enthralled, she, was, she wanted to know more. With this guy, it's confusion, isn't it? Look at it. That is straight out confusion and horror. She's horrified by this. So you spent you spent a hundred thousand dollars on all of these all of these procedures, and you've had eleven nose jobs, and like you've had your whole face done. Um, so about six years ago, we had a gentleman in here who had a ridiculously sized penis. Can have you had any work done on your penis? Have you, or can you even come? Does it does it shrink up into your abdomen when you look at me, or does it get a little bit tingly? <laughs> I, I haven't had any work done on my penis. Oh, well, that's disappointing then, isn't it? <laughs> that's unfortunate then, isn't it? 
because I remember this guy six years ago. I remember, I think about him every day. Every time we get a new guest in, thinking about that huge penis. <laughs> yes. And so you couldn't breathe properly. And I know you're yeah. really, really struggling. You couldn't breathe. It's kind of like when you're swallowing a big penis. And you were actually struggling <laughs> to find a surgeon that exactly. would be able to help you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so exactly. It's like he's it's like he's trying to do a retarded Sean Connery impression. Exactly. I give I give you the red October. Yes, that uh, I was living like with my nose blocked, felt like being a constant cold, not constant cold. Being able to taste food properly or taste yes, Miss Money Penny. Wine properly as well. My nose was just a dead organ, mm. and I'll find I can finally breathe. <laughs> Curb shifter in the chat, wishing I pressed one. It's too late for that now. Caught for bacterial infection yeah. that destroyed with my nose. And then I had to wait all this time mm. to have my nose done and revised. I flew all the way to Iran to have it done because. Iranian nose jobs for the win! Why would you, why would you want to bomb Iran, my American brothers and sisters? Why would you want to declare war on Iran when they're churning out such tremendous work in the body positive movement? Iranian nose jobs. Look at that. Huh? They do good work. <laughs> <laughs> they do good work, don't they? Look at him go. <laughs> Welcome to our facility. We are going to give you the uh, what does that mean? It means you look like a fish. We are, going, we are going to make you look like a fish after it's done. Okay. Sounds good to me. As long as you don't touch the penis, though. Did they? Did the Iranians talk about your penis at all, did they? Or you got a bit of money left over, maybe? Because remember, I remember about six years ago, we had a guy in here with a really big dick. Still thinking about it, actually. Because they perform it a lot out there. That's where the best surgeons are. Why are you Well, to be fair to him, we could probably take his advice. Iran is where the best surgeons in the world are. He would know he's had 70 procedures. My nose done and revised. They flew all the way to Iran to have it done because they perform it a lot out there. That's where the best surgeons are. Why are Why would they? Here's an interesting question for the chat. Why would there be so many nose job surgeons in Iran? <laughs> here in Iran, here in Iran, we have so many great nose job people. Here in Iran, we're cutting noses off left, right and centre. <laughs> did your friend, did your friend recently accuse you of being Jewish? Here at the Iran Nose Job Facility, we've got you covered. <laughs> welcome to the uh, welcome to the Iran Nose Job Facility, where just because you're a member of a tribe doesn't mean everybody else has to know it. Now, two for one sale. You come in, bring your daughter. We'll cut her nose off and put her in a burqa. <laughs> Nobody will ever know she's Jewish. <laughs> oh, nose. <laughs>
The nose job industry is booming in the Middle East. Huh? Who fucking knew? <laughs> well, uh, the experience makes it perfect. They perform a lot. Like an average surgeon here in London would do three to four rhinoplasty a week. A surgeon out there do seven nose jobs to four nose jobs per day. And I, and I mean, I'm saying it's cheaper. It's still extremely expensive. Yes. I don't, I don't care. Every, every, every time I see this girl now, I love her because every time I can't every clip I watch of like Good Morning, what is it? What is it? Morning fucking UK. This morning, whatever the show is. Every time I see a clip, all and every time I see her, all I can think about is her being a giddy schoolgirl at the thought of like this guy's huge penis. <laughs> That's it. She's ruined for me now. <laughs> all right, let's finish up with the uh, baby Kendall. Let's get back to the main article here. Thank you so much for that link, Kitty. Here we go. What I wanted until I was older and I saw on TV all these people getting all these procedures done and I saw how confident and glamorous their life looked. Oh, oh mate, you are a fucking prototype. <laughs> wow, huh? <clears throat> you know how people tell you it's wrong to say that popular culture is leading people into this stage of hating themselves and uh, focusing on shallow, non-consequential, you know, irrelevant markers of what makes them a good person. Have you ever heard that thing before? Right? That's the kind of thing that those conspiracy theorists talk about. Where they'll say, like, popular culture is driving our children into certain behavior. And then, like, don't be such a fucking conspiracy theorist, bro. Come on. Don't be ridiculous. It's fine. And then poster boy Chad gets up here and says this. You know, being gay or for, you know, being smaller than everyone else. I didn't know exactly what I wanted until I was older and I saw on TV all these people getting all these procedures done. And I saw how confident and glamorous their life looked. I Coming. I see you in hell. I didn't know what I wanted. He literally said... I didn't know what I wanted until I saw celebrities getting cosmetic surgery, getting procedures done, and they were so self-confident. Uh, <clears throat> kid, I don't know how to tell you this, but can you hear me in the back? They're actors. They're acting, literally. So, you know, when like an actor goes on the red carpet and looks so confident and self-assured, they're acting that way. When they get home, they probably take heroin, masturbate and cry while choking themselves. It's all an act. They're actors. That's what they do. It's their fucking job. Right? Well, I didn't really know what I wanted for myself until... <clears throat> You know, growing up was kind of hard. I was fine. I was trying to find myself. And then I, I just paid attention to celebrity culture. I paid attention to celebrity culture. And I noticed that all of these celebrities, these multi-millionaires, were getting all of this work done and they seemed so fucking happy about it. So then I knew that life was for me. Like I said, never mind the fact that the celebrity is an actor. And when they're not on the red carpet, like I said, they're probably 
crying, masturbating, taking heroin and putting a shotgun in their mouth and then taking it out and then putting it in and then taking it out (laughs) because their incredibly empty, shallow lives aren't fulfilling like they thought they would be, even though they look so confident and self-assured on the red carpet. But I just looked at celebrity culture and I thought, that's for me. That's a life for me. That's how I'm going to make my life better. I snuck into a doctor's office. I lied about my age so that they would give me a Botox treatment. (laughs) I I planned on watching this whole video, but that might actually be the perfect point to end this episode on. Have a listen one more time to this. I saw how... Have a listen to this. If you want 2020 summed up in a paragraph, here it is. Than everyone else, I didn't know exactly what I wanted until I was older and I saw on TV all these people getting all these procedures done and I saw how confident and glamorous their life looked. I snuck into a doctor's office. I lied about my age so that they would give me a Botox treatment. Now, the reason that I think that's the perfect moment to end this on is I'll explain it. <clears throat> that's 2020 right there. Because not only did he decide who he is by watching celebrities, but it wasn't all that long ago that people would lie about their age to volunteer to die in war. Right? People would lie about their age during World War I and World War II to go and die filled with bullets on some fucking foreign battlefield somewhere for the honour of their country. That wasn't that long ago. There are people alive today who were alive when that was a thing. And now we are creating heroes. We are immortalising the people who lie about their age to get Botox injections. Literally. I lied about my age so I could go down to the doctor's surgery and get my first Botox injection. And I decided I wanted to do that after watching all of the celebrity shows and realising that, you know, I wanted to be a part, I wanted to feel better about myself. Huh? 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Once upon a time, once upon a time, you're a blue collar guy. Your muscles weren't injected. Your muscles and your like hard, leathery skin came about because of the like shitty job you were doing out in the sun all day. Lifting, moving, pushing, struggling, right? Taking skin off your knuckles. The war comes about, you're a 16 year old kid. Fuck it, I'm volunteering. Because fuck these guys. I'm going to go to war for my country. Fuck yeah. You might die. Fucking so what? Let's do it. Let's go out in a blaze of fucking gunfire. Fuck yeah. (laughs) That wasn't that long ago. And now we celebrate the people who realize who they are thanks to celebrities getting plastic surgery and lie about their age in order to get Botox injections. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020. With that... That brings us to the end of tonight's broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. 
become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to lie about your age, you get Botox injections and you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Uh, I'll be back definitely on Friday night, 6pm with another edition of Daily Boogie. I might do a retro gaming stream tomorrow after Winning TV. Follow our friends Winning TV, UK Neil, Mr. America, The Beat of Truth, uh, at Real Person Peel, TCS. Later on tonight, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra. Uh, who else we got? Nightwave Radio maybe coming on a little bit later. Daywave Royce Lopez, ROTC, JJ Stoner, Sunday Night Shit Show, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom, ladies and gentlemen. Why Censored on tomorrow night as well, Thursday night. So follow the shows uh, that support us. Uh, Chamani, I've, I just got Chamani's uh, promo today, so we will premiere it on this show anyway. Chamani will probably play it himself, but we will premiere Chamani's promo on this show on Friday, the Daily Boogie preview, the the Daily Boogie premiere at least of Chamani's promo on this show on Friday. So follow Chamani as well, dlive.tv slash Chamani. Uh, so I'll be back definitely on Friday, perhaps tomorrow with a game stream. If you want to get in touch and get involved in a retro game stream, then let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, send me a DM and we'll get you set up and we might do a show tomorrow. Uh, until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Stay calm, stay rational, lie about your age to get Botox and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.